0: So, Ed, we're hearing a lot about, uh, in that interview with Lorian Foote, northern honor. Mm -hmm. But, of course, most of what people talk about when they talk about honor and think about honor is southern honor.
1: I do declare.
0: (laughs) You have so many talents, Nathan, that I'm just learning (laughs) through the process. But what would you say, Ed, that's distinctively southern? Or is there something that's distinctively southern about honor? and, And why was it so important to southerners? You know, Joanne, the main thing about Southern honor is that it's in the South and that it is so
2: widespread. And as Laurie and Foote says, it's a system of values where you have the value that other people acknowledge mm-hmm. in you, that mm-hmm. there's not a sense that you have an intrinsic worth that is somehow independent of what other people might say about you, right? right. So I was trying to explain why rates of violence have been higher in the American South for as long as we have records, up to today. Um, And I was trying to find out why that's the case in the very early and mid-19th century. I went back and, you know, we're not surprised, as Nathan's uh, ventriloquism suggested, that uh, (laughs) Southern planters believed that they were honorable men who had to adjudicate conflicts among themselves through paces and pistols and all that sort of stuff, right? So we'd sort of heard of that Southern honor. But when you started looking more closely, you found that poor whites were acting the same way, where somebody would call them a name and they felt they had no choice but to fight back with violence. And among enslaved people, when they would find that somebody had challenged them in some way, there would be an immediate violent attack. So, The thing is, I saw this elaborate network of honor. Everybody understood what everybody else was fighting over, but you wouldn't fight with just anybody. You know, if you're an elite man, you don't pay any attention to some redneck who's challenging you. He does not deserve Mm -hmm. to be able to call you to a duel. If you're a white man, you're not supposed to pay attention to something that a black man would say about you. And then, of course, women have a key place in all of this. You know, we know about Scarlett O'Hara and how she was fluttering among all the bows <laughs> who admire her and all that. Uh, but the one thing that was guaranteed, no matter the class of or the race of the men fighting, was over the reputation of a woman to whom they were related, a spouse or daughter or sister or mother. And so you found this great tangle of culture that seemed to be feeding violence at lots of different levels. So that's what honor looked like when I look for it in the antebellum South, Joanne. Does that make sense to you?
0: Yeah, no. And I would, I would say I think it's hard for us to connect with the importance that people put on their value as seen by other people. they yeah. you know, the the degree to which, like in the silly graves duel, you were willing to risk your life to preserve your name or your reputation, mm. your honor. Right. I mean, right. that's, that's a serious, you know, literally life-threatening right. way of understanding this concept. It's like the ultimate, that's part of why I got interested in the first place was, you know, duels. How does that make
1: sense? Right. Yeah, I think it raises a a powerful point about even our own sense of ourselves as a country. If we we define ourselves as a nation of laws, so much of what you all have been talking about is actually what happens – outside of the realm of law, right? These are people who are adjudicating these disputes in pre-dawn duels or through kinds of conversations. And to think that American culture is much more of an honor culture than we might normally think of, I think is a really profound statement. I mean, as much as we rely on the Constitution or the courts, there's a whole realm of political contestation um, that exists far beyond the realm of the law.
2: And there was another kind of contestation too, Nathan, which was that of evangelical religion, which mm. denies the power of honor. If you think about the language of Christianity, it's to turn the other cheek. It's mm. to ignore these kinds of challenges, this is to ignore the legitimacy of violence. So I certainly wouldn't want to suggest that everybody in Annabelle in America was swept right. up in this, but you'd certainly see that it was enormously powerful in certain contexts, which is the great contribution that Joanne's made. So you called on me before. I'm going to call on you now. (laughs) Uh Where, Where have you discovered honor, Joanne?
0: In politics. And what's really interesting to me is that in these earlier periods, when you're fighting political battles, you still, if you say during a congressional debate that someone is lying then you still are going to get accused of dishonoring him, and you might end up going out to a field and shooting at each other. So that shapes debate. And you're too polite to say,
2: Northerners as well as Southerners did it. So uh, yes. this idea <laughs> that there's Southern honor uh, needs to be revised. And I think that's what Laurie and Foote was showing. There are certain contexts in which Northerners, an army being one of them, Congress being another, in which the spirit of honor would rise to the surface. Right. Well, one thing I discovered is that the Civil War shattered a lot of that, Mm. that uh, dueling dies off really quickly in the South after the Civil War. What does it do in Congress? Do you have a sense, Joanne?
0: When the Southerners leave, a lot of honor violence leaves. (laughs) Imagine that. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. And when they come back and they just happen to fall back into that same kind of behavior, that war has happened. The North has won. And the North basically— Sees themselves as having a cultural victory in addition right. to a military victory. So they scorn it.
1: Yeah. So if honor dies, in Congress after the Civil War, and I have every reason to believe you, Joanne. You have some you're someone of <laughs> Sterling character. What what happens in the South itself? I mean, is there is there some transformation that occurs around honor? Ed?
2: Well, the post-war South becomes a notoriously violent place with rates of homicide apparently just skyrocketing. There's a lot of guns around and there's a lot of people who are still very touchy about their honor, even mm-hmm. if they're not taken to the dueling fields. The other thing that happens is that a large part of this is exported to the American West. What we think of as the Old West and the gun slinging, that's (laughs) dueling in many ways with a six-shooter, right? Right. You're standing there facing each other and not drawing until the other one does and all that sort of stuff. But more tragically, lynching really explodes uh, 25 or 30 years after the Civil War. Obviously, it has just the sheer terrorism effect. But the defenders of lynching at the time said, no, uh, this is to show black people that we are going to defend the virtue of white women, even though that's not really the cause of a lot of these lynchings.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really does sound like you go from an individualized notion of honor to something that's more collective or community. I mean, I have to imagine among African-Americans to prove that one is no longer a piece of property, right, requires a certain amount of fighting for one's honor. And and the South as a defeated country um, reintegrated also, I'm sure it's taken a real hit that lynching and other kinds of political assertion are trying to reclaim that honor of the South. I mean, I'm guessing even the statues themselves that emerge in response to the Confederate defeat are an effort at least to publicly display some kind of regional honor. Would you say so?
2: I would. And you see what it is that they emphasize, which is honor on the battlefield, Mm -hmm. the honor Mm -hmm. of violence, the honor of manhood put at risk. Right. So I do think all these pieces fit together. And this culture of honor, as you see, saturates a large part of American history.